I'm Brandon Amoroso, and this is the D2Z Podcast, building and growing your business from a Gen Z perspective. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to D2Z, a podcast about using the Gen Z mindset to grow your business. I'm Gen Z entrepreneur Brandon Amoroso, founder and CEO of e-commerce agency Electric. Today, I'm talking with Calvin Lammers, SVP of e-commerce for Premium Hot Sauce Trough. Thanks for coming on, Calvin. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Yeah, great uh, great to be on with you here today. So before we jump into things, can you give everybody just like a quick background on yourself and how you got into e-commerce in, in the first place? Absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, I, I've got a few gray hairs. I've, I've been in the e-com uh, CPG space for, for a while now. Um, actually started my career uh, working for an Amazon subsidiary, um, Quidzy, back in, uh, back in the day, about uh, 10, 11 years ago. Um, you know, uh, that, that was my first, uh, kind of foray into the e-com space and then made the switch over to the brand side on CPGs. So have been in that, uh, um, that world ever since started with the kind snacks, kind bar, moved over to the beverage space and worked at buy Spindra, uh, sparkling water and healthy, uh, kombucha. And most recently, obviously, uh, made the jump over to, uh, the condiment space with Trafa about a year ago. Um, all in the e-com uh, di- digital uh, space. So uh, like most people, I, I don't think there's a, a common path um, you know, into the e-com space. And, and certainly mine was not either. I studied sport management and, and thought I was going to be uh, you know, working uh, marketing for the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, and here I am uh, <laughs> selling sauce. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool though. I, I, I would agree. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how, how, how I got uh, into the, the, the e-com world here. What are some of like the the biggest differences between what you were doing at HealthAid versus what you're doing at Trough, specifically as it relates, relates to the fact that the product is different? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest one right off the bat is fulfillment. I mean, uh, obviously that was one of the biggest hurdles uh, in in the beverage space, um, you know, in general, just, you know, you have heavier product, lower ASP. Um, so you're working with very slim margins uh, for, for the most part. So I think that's where it made it very difficult, um, you know, for a lot of beverage brands for the longest time to, to really figure out how the unit economics really work. Um, mm-hmm. I think at HealthAid, uh, we were able to make it work, you know, and I think that's kind of par for the course, course as well with um, with Trop is Health Aid, a little bit premier, more premium price point. So you have a little bit more room to work with. Um, <clears throat> and then on the Trop side, um, you know, obviously unit economics work out a little bit better as you don't have a 20 pound uh, case that you're, you're trying to figure out how you can work. I know you know that all too well on the fulfillment yes. side with, with yes. uh, wine shipments and, and how expensive that can be. But um, yeah, I, I think the unit economics definitely work out a little bit better uh, outside of the beverage uh, space um, and with trough that uh, the challenge for the condiment space is just the even lower ASP your retail prices typically in the condiment space but again because we're a premium uh luxury um you know uh brand you know our our, our price points help uh kind of su- sustain and allow us um to to really you know uh make a viable financial uh, uh business uh you know in the e-com space so i think that's that's definitely been the biggest change um right off the bat but then obviously the overall CACs, you know, targeting, um, you know, penetration, mm-hmm. competitiveness, completely different to, as well in, in the spaces. So I think that's been, there's a lot of transferable um, things across categories, but I think there's obviously unique um, nuances with, with the category and definitely I've seen that in the last year that uh, I've been at Trough. Yeah. And I noticed you guys have been sort of spreading like wildfire through right. retail. Um, Correct. Was that 
already sort of building up before you started or is that the culmination of some of the efforts that you've been putting into place uh, and what's primarily driving yeah yeah so i think uh it, it's been really fascinating to see so um truck started as a, a digitally native dtc first uh brand um and launched on dtc first amazon about a year later later and that really was the focus for the brand for the first few years and saw tremendous mm-hmm. growth um you know and, and trial through that um, you know, about two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, um, we were able to get use that success, um, you know, as a digitally native brand, um, to get into Whole Foods nationally. And so that really was our first exposure foray into the retail space. Um, and, and really saw a, a ton of success, um, as that first kind of entry point or foray into retail. And so as we've seen, you know, kind of the brand continue to grow. Um, I think grocery CPG is interesting as there's been, there was a huge, you know, transition and, and kind of wave in consumer, you know, patterns and, you know, habits or over COVID where, you know, people were more, you know, open to and, and actually buying grocery and, and CPG items online. But still, retail is the primary channel that uh, where where grocery you know sales happen. So that's an it's a it's a necessary place to be and and kind of you know build out a channel strategy around. So Whole Foods was the first foray into retail, saw success, and really over the last year year and a half, we've seen you know the success and in, in sales velocities, um, you know success that we've seen at Whole uh, at, at Whole Foods and, and allow us to you know um, sell into other other you know nationwide grocery mass retailers. So um, you know, we're in Kroger, we're in Publix now, um, we're in, in Target. So I think um, where my team and, and, and you know our focus on, on helping our sales team is you know how we can layer on digital media, retail media to help ensure success and and you know um, healthy velocities to, um, you know, prove out our success in these retail partners and, and obviously, you know, warrant even, you know, further expansion. So it's definitely in, been in uh, close collaboration with, with our sales team to, to facilitate that. And I almost forgot the most important part, cause I know what Truff is and I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> who are listening know what it is, but can you just give a brief background on, on what Truff is? Um, Absolutely. Just for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. So yeah, and if you haven't tried it yet, um, definitely uh, check check us out at, at truff.com. Um, so we started with the original uh, truffle infused, uh, black truffle infused hot sauce. That was the original product, um, very unique, um, differentiated in the hot sauce space. Nothing like that, um, you know, out there. And, and my co-founders did an amazing job, um, you know, building a brand from you know the first product and you know, mm-hmm. established a great packaging, you know, super um, luxury premium, um, you know, uh, with, with the positioning. Um, so we started with the hot sauce, I expanded into truffle mayo, uh, truffle oil and truffle pasta uh, sauce. So now we have kind of a, a full um, you know, portfolio of truffle infused premium uh, condiment ingredients. So, um, you know, we've got all of your your possible recipes and, and dishes covered. Um, so that's, that's kind of been our, our kind of uh, approach. Um, and we've seen a ton of success with the expansion into these other, other product lines and, and categories. Um, and it being that, that truffle infused, um, premium, uh, condiment brand. What, how do you drive like trial through e-commerce? Because I'm assuming yeah. it's a lot easier in store than it is through like direct response. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, oh, that, that always has been, um, one of the, the toughest hurdles, especially in, in grocery, because, you know, it is, you know, this product is all flavor based. It's taste profile. So you need to drive that yeah. trial. So I think that's where we, we definitely, uh, in all of our acquisition campaigns, um, you know, we're, we're using our, our kind of entry point product. Um, and that's where we're, we're kind of tracking, you know, are we, if we're bringing, uh, customers in on our hot sauce or our truffle oil, 
what is that that kind of initial hook for customers um, that's going to have the lowest CACs and also have you know the you know best LTV um, in, in kind of trial or ju- customer journey into our other product lines, and so I think that's been a, a crucial point with with us now that we have this whole product assortment um, in, in going heavier with the products that are seeing the lower CACs and then have that the healthier returns for across the full uh, assortments, and so that's where we've seen our original hot sauce prove out to be that best you know, entry point, um, but then also our truffle oil, our newer products uh, has provided a, a great alternative for us as, you know, if you have somebody that's not spicy fan, um, you're getting mm-hmm. that, that your know, truffle oil has really been a good entry product. Um, you know, and we've seen really, really healthy CACs on, on bringing customers into the portfolio, into the brand with our truffle oil as well. Um, so it's all around you know, highlighting the premium quality, highlighting that the taste flavor profile through the the content. And so that's where we definitely lean heavily into that that food recipe content. Um, you know, we, we call it quote unquote food porn um, with, with our content to really show off that, uh, you know, the quality of the products and, and, and taste through visuals more or less. Yeah, because I feel like it's one of those things that you don't really know that you need it until you had it. And you then try like, oh, it, shit, right. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, exactly. Whereas with kombucha, Whereas with kombucha, it's a little bit more, I'd say, probably less education required, albeit there's still a lot involved, but people are generally familiar with kombucha versus like a truffle sauce. Truffle. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. um, You know, I certainly, and I would say I'm still no truffle expert, but yeah, that's (laughs) it. It certainly was uh, uh, an unknown uh, territory or kind of area for myself getting uh, into the brand. Um, And obviously I've learned quite a bit being here, but yeah, I think that's uh, the same for a lot of customers or, you know, truffle, just not something, you know, a a typical day-to-day and, and, you know, um, you know, occurrence or occasion, but now it can be with, with, with truffle. Mm -hmm. So over the last, I'd say, 12 months, what are some of the, and you, you started just about 12 months ago, right? Or Correct. Yep. Just about okay. a year. Yeah, exactly. So there's obviously a lot that's happened in those, in those 12 months. What are right. some of the like changes that you mm-hmm. put into place that you knew like day one, this is what needs to happen, but also yeah. what are some of the pivots that you've had to make along the way, given responses to some of the more like macro economic right. things going on? Yeah, I think right off the bat, and I, I know um, this has kind of been a common trend recently with, with a lot of a lot of brands in the, in the digital and DTC space, but uh, kind of that shift away from focus, you know, purely on, not purely, but, you know, most aggressively on, on acquisition and, and, you know, bringing customers into the funnel, but making that shift to, you know, prioritizing loyalty and, and you know, um, you know, customer LTVs, um, you know, really owning that customer relationship and maximizing any customers that you've already brought into the funnel um, and making sure that they're, you're staying on with you just as overall, you know, uh, in- increases in CAC, subsequent consumer demand has kind of died down a little bit, just given the, the current kind of market uh, climates right mm-hmm. now. So really prioritizing and making um, your retention, you know, a, a priority number one for us um, since we, we built up this great um, you know, database and this c- customer, um, you know, uh, profile over the last five years for the brand. Um, so, you know, really focusing on, on maximizing that relationship and retention with customers. So I'd say that's probably been the biggest shift um, since years prior. It's been, you know, solely focused on, on you know, acquisition, acquisition um, right. and, and making retention a, a number one priority. Um, and then along with that, um, kind of all the elements that ladder up into that. So 
really fleshing out our subscription program, our rewards program, your referral program, and really highlighting those in the overall your journey, um, you know, building out our customer VIP um, program to really highlight our, our you know, highest value uh, customers. So just everything with that has, has definitely become you know, uh, a top priority for, for us um, with the DTC space. Um, and then on the flip side, I would say, uh, as it kind of we talked on earlier, you know, the the entry point or the newness of retail media for Truff as a brand, given that we're we're new to these channels and really prioritizing um you know the, these programs and, and networks with our retail um partners um in, in driving trial with with um your our retail presence as well. That's that's you know been a new um element that's been introduced to our team that you know we we haven't played on or or haven't really participated in previously because we weren't available in these retail partners. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, I think your, at least from what I've been seeing on LinkedIn and whatnot, your retail footprint mm-hmm. has increased substantially. Uh, oh, absolutely. We, we've doubled our store count uh, in, in just a couple of months. So it, it's been a massive growth. So, um, so yeah, so it's been interesting to see both with the retailer directly, but then also Instacart obviously has become you know, a, a top partner for us as well um, you know, in driving our, our last mile um, you know, delivery options as well with Instacart and, and the other retailers. So it's, it's been exciting to see and obviously be, be uh, um, you know, here firsthand uh, kind of witnessing it. Yeah. And have you like pivoted at all away from acquisition in general? Uh, on e-commerce or I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't say necessarily pivoted it away but I would say we, we definitely um you know maintain um kind of you know very uh, efficient and aggressive kind of CAC targets um you know knowing mm-hmm. that uh we, we've seen overall uh you know you know overall campaigns be a little bit tougher on the acquisition um, side but that's where we've introduced kind of new elements, whether it's like Black Crow to help with audience profiling, um, you know, and, and helping with um, kind of offset, obviously, some of the, the challenges with with um, meta that we've seen on the acquisition side. So it's been more, um, you know, kind of resourcing up and adding you know, new elements to the mix to uh, help us maintain efficiency on the acquisition side. So not, um, you know, really kind of proceeding with or having a, a growth at all costs uh, kind of mentality and just, you know, Re readjusting to you know, an efficient uh, acquisition strategy while really hyper focusing on the retention side to maximize any customers we've already brought in or you know, are bringing in um, in the future. Got it. Are your I mean your customers seem pretty loyal and invested into the brand. Are you seeing right. a lot of traction through like referral or ambassador or influencer programs? We are. Yeah. So referral, I think we've seen some success, but I think that is part of, we want to make that more of a focus and, and more of a um, you know, crucial element in, in our um, you know, kind of customer life cycle. But ambassador affiliate, um, you know, that's been a major success and a major um, kind of channel uh, and, and trial driver for the brand uh, the last few years. So, um, you know, we see, uh, <laughs> we, we have customer um, kind of surveys, you know, post post-purchase surveys and word of mouth, uh, friend referrals is, you know, far and away that the, the top, um, you know, way that most customers are, are kind of discovering or hearing about the brand. So we want to make that, um, you know, value that and, and incentivize that with our loyal customers. Um, not that they, they need it already since we're seeing it kind of happen organically, but, uh, you know, kind of prompt that a little bit more, um, visibly. And what are, I mean, you're obviously in a different position because you have, more of an established brand than, than most might have. Right. What are some, I'd say, tips and tricks that you would give to an emerging like CPG brand just getting started 
on how to go get yeah. those first customers when they don't have the benefit of being in uh, a Whole Foods. Right, right. And that's where I, I do think, um, assuming you have, um, you know, a great product, great positioning, you, you've kind of mapped out, you know, your your presence, your brand profile, I think you you need to have that, you know, very solid from the beginning, so that you, you know, you're, you're authentic in, in every single touch point that you're having. And if that's consistent, I think that that I again, I give give uh, Nick and Nick, my, my co founders, um, you know, all the credit in the world is that they knew clearly what the brand was, what the positioning was, what what the what the uh, um, kind of target was going to be with with Trump from the beginning. Um, and that has stayed consistent over the last five years. So I think making sure that you have a consistent and, and clear, you know, positioning and focus for the brand is from, you know, step one. But then I think having word of mouth, um, you know, is, is really this day and age that authenticism really carries a lot of weight, especially in the food and beverage space. So, you know, whether that's, you know, um, having a, a massive, um, you know, focus on sampling or driving trial for, um, you know, lower cost right off the bat to drive up reviews and kind of that um, word of mouth, um, you know, and, and UGC with, with any brand. I think that's crucial from the, 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 you know, uh, starting point. So that's where we were super heavy with influencers and affiliate and, and ambassador profiling and seeding, um, shipments and sending out product to, to customers and your know, general people to, to try. I think that was the, the crucial element for, for us from the beginning. And I think that, especially in the food and beverage space, that's crucial. So I think getting your product out there in the wild and getting trial, getting reactions, getting UGC, um, is really the, the most crucial, you know, part, uh, right off the bat to, to focus on. Yeah. I think that ability to provide authenticity to the brand is, is super important and not something that you can just sort of fake. Um, right. <laughs> customers they see through that these days so that's where you need to be clear on that be true to yourself um yeah you know, uh, and it, yeah you'll get called out or you, you'll 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 see plenty of, of content around uh, that, that uh, if, if you aren't a solid in it so the the bullshit detector uh for customers has increased pretty substantially it feels like a absolutely absolutely <laughs> so it's, it's it's crazy how much that, that's going to change even the last you know four or five years because yeah I, I think uh uh you know, larger brands and larger CPGs are, are seeing that as well. And finally kind of taking notice that they can't just kind of pull a cover over, over consumers eyes these days anymore. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you around like building and, and growing a team. But just before I get into that, with your first 12 months under your belt at Trough, what are some things yeah. that didn't go right or went not as well as you would have expected that yeah. listeners could glean some insights from? Yeah, I, I really good question because I think you you need to learn uh, just as, uh, from your mistakes just as much as your your successes, especially. So yeah, I would say um, fulfillment was um, and logistics was a challenge for us um, a year ago. So I think we we ran into a number of um, bottlenecks with just getting product into our warehouses, getting them into Amazon um, your warehouses in time. And so I think that was um, you know a, a miss right off the bat uh, last year that we learned from, and we've we've kind of course corrected in that we're making sure that we're we're getting shipments you know scheduled, getting uh, products sent out you know with plenty of lead time before any of our peak seasons, so that we can ensure that we actually are in stock. We're we're well prepared, um, well in advance. So I think that that was one learning right off the bat, uh, and things have cleared up obviously a little bit this year on on the you know the supply chain network side, but that was definitely an early learning. Um, and then I think on, on the acquisition side, content side, um, you know, I think we're, we're still as a lot of brands are on the TikTok side, 
you know, there's not a universal playbook. You can't, you know, have, you know, this, you know, really um, kind of, you know, uh, transferable playbook for content and what's going to work on the, on the TikTok ad side. Um, and I think that's still been, you know, kind of a testing ground and learning ground. And, you know, what is the right mix? What is the right content um, targeting strategy with TikTok and, and how that works? Because there's obviously, you know, the organic side, which we, we've done a great job um, in building um, and seeing success there. But um, how do we kind of layer on the TikTok ad platform and, and have that be a successful channel for us? So I think that's still very much something that we're, we're learning as we go in and testing out constantly and, and working with the TikTok team, you know, to, to kind of um, you know, create the right content um, for the ad side as well. So I think that's been a, a good learning space for us. From an attribution standpoint, are you working with like a triple whale or North beam or something? We are. Yep. So okay. North beam has been a crucial partner for us for that reason um, on the attribution side. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely been a big unlock for any of the brands that we work with is trying to get a sense of where your customers are actually even coming from. Um, right. Yep. And that's where we've seen, I think that's, I think having that view on attribution, that's, that's helped out TikTok tremendously since I think the in-platform attribution leaves something to desire. So I think North Beam definitely helps um, kind of give a, a true view and true North on, on attribution. And I think that's where we've seen, you know, TikTok has been such a, a great platform for us on the, on the organic side um, in, in driving a lot of value to the brand. So you had a team at HealthAid. I'm not sure if you had one before, but I assume you've been building out your team at Truff as well. What are, Correct. like, if you were starting as an e-commerce director, uh, yeah. it's just you're a team of one at that point. What right. is, like, your what's your first hire? What does that look yeah. like? And, and what are some of the things that you're looking for when you're bringing on new team members to yeah. help scale a CPG brand? Yeah, and I think uh, uh, you know, pie in the sky, we would obviously have a, a team of twenty <laughs> with 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 all uh, specific functions and roles. Obviously, you know, par for the course is uh, as I know, you know, Brendan. Um, yes. you know, being a small startup, uh, you know, scrappy team. Um, you know, we've had, had to be very um, you know strategic with any new headcount we brought on, any new um, salaries where we're introducing. Um, you know, right off the bat, and I think this was kind of the case at at HealthAid. You know, um, you know, a head of growth uh, acquisition really was was a primary, especially for an earlier stage. You know, you need to drive trial acquisition um, and and do that. Um, you know, uh, efficiently with with any you know um, minimal budgets you might have start, starting out. So I, I think a head of growth acquisition is, is definitely you know a, a primary first headcount to to look to add. Um, on top of that. Um, I think you're, you're building out your, your CX CRM loyalty. And so that's where looking at maybe a head of CX or director of CX would, would be a crucial, um, hire that the, the CX side was actually, um, you know, really the first position that, um, I created on my team once I joined is that, you know, kind of to our point, your earlier point, given that's such a high priority and focus for us, you know, that is, you know, mm -hmm. I, I do view CX loyalty, CRM, that that's all kind of rolled in. So I think that's a crucial element. Um, and then the operation side, have, that was the second hire that I made at, at HealthAid, having a director of, of operations, given that logistics, supply chain, packaging experience, all super important, you know, kind of tying back to that full kind of customer journey and, and experience um, that needs to be a primary focus. Um, I think the one next hire that I would be looking to add both at Truff and, and just in general is an analyst, so having somebody to, to help with 
the storytelling data insights profiling, um, both on the retention side, you know, as well as the acquisition side, I think that that would that analysts and, and sales insights, um, you know, hire would, would be kind of a next um, crucial, crucial hire to, to be adding to, to, mm-hmm. to the team. Yeah, I think analytics and e-commerce just in general is such a nightmare. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you add up your three, like, or you add up all your apps and their attribution, yep. and then your store yep. is three x the size that it actually is. And you're like, awesome. Right. Wait, I what, have yeah. No idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's very uh, kind of now that there's other uh, you know BI tools like like a North Beam, like a Triple Well. The, the data is so disparate and it's, it's fragmented across multi there, you know, you're looking at GA, you're looking at orange for, for kind of hot or hot jar for, for onsite intrusion. So there's so many different platforms and data sources. So I think having mm-hmm. somebody to, to focus and consolidate in, you know, that data and storytelling across the, the different data points is, is crucial. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a, you know, crucial hire, um, for any you know, new e-commerce team, um, or even an established one that, that maybe doesn't have that built out yet. Yeah, I'm not envious of your CFO in any way whatsoever. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 a tough one, a tough one these days. So why food? Because food's a pain in the ass for e-commerce. <laughs> yeah. Like why why did you decide food and then continue to double yeah. down with that by moving into truck? I I love the space. Um, I I really enjoyed. I didn't want to. I actually I had a small foray into the apparel world. It wasn't for me. And I mean, the apparel world, the, the technology world, very saturated at this point. So I wanted to be you know, part of an early mover with a space that really hadn't done e-commerce or hadn't really nailed down how digital fits in um, you know, to, to the landscape. So I, I I enjoyed that from the early days with Kind. I think Kind was one of the you know, best examples of an early adopter of e-commerce and and kind of you know breaking through some entrenched um, you know larger companies in the space. And I think they're you know that that obviously worked out pretty well for Kind and, and you know, was a, a crucial way um, you know to become a you know multi billion dollar behemoth in, in the, the the CPG space. So I think. For, for the longest time, that was a, a you know, viable and new way to kind of democratize um, you know, groceries since, you know, previously you're going up the General Mills, um, you know, the, the Pepsis of the world that that the retail space is very tough to come by. So I think having, you know, e-com and digital was a way to um, you know, democratize it a little bit more. So I think that that was the case for the longest time and still is, but now it's just become a crowded marketplace as well on, on the e-com side for startup. Food, you know, food and beverage brands. So now I think it's, it, I've doubled down because um, I like the competition. I like going up uh, against, uh, you know, some, some very smart brands and, and kind of people in the space. So I think uh, that's where my, my sports background maybe is, is kind of coming into <laughs> to a head here where you, I like the competition. Do you have like direct competitors though? Because, and I think of, yeah. when I think of uh, products with competition, I think of like right. coffee or, even kombucha, like there's a lot of kombucha yeah, brands now. For um, sure, I don't necessarily think of truffle condiments as a space overrunning with competitors. No, and and you're exactly right, and that's right. It's 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 a slightly different for us since it's not 
a one-to-one you know competitor like a, a health aid has a Kavita or a GTs or you know a, any countless other um, kind of um, gut health um, beverage brands. For us, it's more against your know, premium condiments. So you know we might have one competitor in the hot sauce space, a different competitor in the mayo space, a different competitor in the pasta sauce space or the truffle oil space. So I think that's where it, it's a little bit different in that sense where we're, we're going um, up against you know different competitors depending on the the, the product line or, or category um and yeah. it's still not necessarily a one-to-one it's just more you know if you have a premium process sauce um you know trough we're positioning as well why don't you try a truck we you know we feel that trough our our pasta sauce is the best pasta sauce out there um in in the premium space so um good more kind of positioning it that way um you know on, on a more uh kind of granular level with competitive set by by product category that makes sense how did your customers respond to the product expansion like did you get a lot of yeah. trial from your existing customers a hundred percent yeah i i okay. think that that and that's where that was a huge um, success for us is that we were able to leverage this, this you know, massive customer um, list that, that we built up on our hot sauce and expand um, that into our mayos, our, our pasta sauce, our oil as we launch those. And, you know, any product launch that that uh, we we have, um, you know, we see a tremendous um, kind of uh, you know, lift and conversion with um, your existing customer base since there is that that desire and that, um, you know, uh, demand for any new products um since we're, we're constantly getting hit up with our customers and our, our fans about new products new expansion yeah. we should be doing so um yeah that it's it's a crucial part of any launch strategy for for new products that we have does sms play a factor into your launches at all it does so we it was kind of exciting that was i i guess a little bit of newness that uh, since i joined so when i joined we did not have any sms uh, program and so we launched that in january this year um, so still relatively new for the brand. I know a lot of brands are obviously, you know, getting into SMS and that's new for them as well. But um, we actually leveraged SMS for one of our, um, you know, collab drops that we did earlier this year um, with Warren Lotus, who's a fashion designer, streetwear designer. Um, and we had a, a special designed, um, you know, cap uh and in you know version uh, limited drop uh, product with Warren Lotus earlier, earlier this year in March. And we actually leverage SMS for the first access to uh, the product, um, and mm-hmm. we sold out within you know twenty four hours, um, and that was largely due to the SMS drop um, or SMS uh, first access. So um, we saw a ton of success with that, and I think want to continue to leverage uh, SMS as a you know crucial channel channel for any drops or kind of product launches, since we've seen a lot of uh, success early on with with SMS. Yeah, it definitely lends itself more to that like VIP experience. One hundred percent. And we've had a lot of success with that as well. But I've got like a thousand more questions for you. I'm going to wrap it up <laughs> with two going, final yeah. ones here. So um, first question on the product expansion side of things, when is like the right time or what are some of the indicators you should look for before a brand yeah. says like, oh yeah, we're going to expand outside of this? Because we work with a lot of CPG brands uh, and I'm thinking of a few like specific ones, but any, for example, like they have yeah. their, they have their ramen and they have right. some new flavors, but that's what they have. Like one yep. would make sense for them to potentially look at expanding beyond just that one product category. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a it's a good question, and it, it's hard to give like an exact rule of thumb. But I think as you start to see, um, you know, maybe your LTV um, start to plateau a little bit, um, I think that might be when you kind of say, okay, we we need some newness. We, there's an opportunity to expand. 
Um, you know, just from a product assortment standpoint, uh, as you start to see your LTV start to plateau a little bit, um, you know, cause maybe that is, you know, a customer is looking for going elsewhere for some, some other products that, you know, you, you would fit with, with the ramen, um, or whatever product category you're in. So I think that to me would be the kind of first signal to, to keep a you know, close eye on. Um, and then just overall, I, I would say list growth, if you're seeing that kind of slow down a little bit as well, um, I think newness in in the food and beverage space, especially um, whether that's flavor or product assortment, that is, um, you know, a, a great way to kind of, you know, pump up buzz, list growth, LTV growth by, by just, you know, overall flavor or product expansion. Mm-hmm. Got it. That makes sense. I'm always looking for our clients to make more products so that I can try more. Of <laughs> yeah. <them. laughs> <laughs> my, my cabinet, yeah, it needs, it needs to be stocked a little bit more. There's always room. <laughs> Yeah, at one point it was overwhelming. I think the the front desk at my condo hated me. They're just like, here's another shipment of <laughs> X, Y, and Z, like massive package too, with like dry yep. ice or something. Everything, it's yeah. Like you're getting sausages shipped to you. It's like just go to the grocery <laughs> store. A little bit overwhelming, but that's amazing. Yeah. So, last question: any sort of tips, things that you'd give to anyone else who's in the CPG e-commerce space? Before we, yeah. before we wrap up here? I think tap into the network. I think that's the other other thing that I've seen. I, I know this goes, you know, kind of um, for, for e-com in general, but especially the CPG mm-hmm. space, given it still is a tighter, it's, it's a smaller space. It's not as kind of, you know, widespread um, on e-com, you know, it's, it's getting there. But there's a lot of great Slack groups. There's a lot of great communities um, that I've been able to plug in with. And I think we all, you know, the more we, we kind of grow together and help kind of, um, you know, really establish, you know, digital CPG and food and beverage, the better, you know, everything, you know, is, for, you know, as a whole. So I think connecting with those groups, um, you know, everybody's looking to share advice, tips, tricks. Um, you know, I think I'm learning things on a daily basis just from these groups and kind of figure out what's working, what's not working, what are other brands seeing, um, any pitfalls to mm-hmm. avoid. So, get plugged in and, and stay connected with, with that network as I, I think it's, it's super um, crucial and critical to, to, to stay close with that, that network. Um, you know, and we all want to help each other out as much as we can. So I think that would be the biggest thing right off the bat is just uh, if you're starting a brand or you've started a brand already plug in with those network and, and, you know, ask for help, ask questions. That's the best way to learn. Um, and, and I think people are, are willing and wanting to share um, what, what they've seen on their end. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, the community is invaluable um, and nobody views it as like direct competition. It's all about right. how can we all like help each other. So absolutely. I think it's it, it's crucial. And I, I know we've we've stayed connected in, in that sense as well. I think that's the more we, we stay uh, uh, you know, connected and share learning, the better we'll, off we'll, we'll all be for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, We'll maybe have to do a follow-up one next year once you have <laughs> 85 more truck products and I'll, I'll answer my next thousand questions. But And I'll uh, send them to your we... office uh, to load you up as well, Brandon. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, my personal home office that only I will be getting to try. But um, thank you so much for joining us. Before we hop off, can you let people know where they can find you and Truff online? Absolutely. So uh, you can find us on, on our DTC site, truff.com. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so search for Calvin Lammers and uh, uh, w- would be great to, to connect or chat if we haven't uh, previously. So thanks again for, for having me on, Brandon. Of course. Well, as always, thank you everybody for listening. This is Brandon Amoroso. You can find me at brandonamoroso.com or electricmarketing.com. And we'll see you next time.